Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you enjoy this next podcast by Lighthouse Church. Well, good morning. Thank you for coming today. The week after Easter, thanks for listening to our podcast. We are in our camp sermon series. It's all about navigating seasons. Seasons. We're all in a season, starting a season, or ending a season, but our lives are wrapped up in seasons. I I really believe that that's how God built the world, too. The fact that we face seasons, maybe not so much in Ventura, California, but everywhere else, that's how it works. Sometimes it's nice, warm, and cozy, and sometimes it's just cold. Sometimes everything looks like it's dying outside, and sometimes it's coming to life. We're all, we're all in seasons, no matter where we're at. And this week's season concept is the, the tent. That's why we have a tent set up in the middle of the sanctuary in the church. I really can't stand in my usual spot, so I'll be kind of moving around. The camping tent is, for the most part, pretty critical at a campsite. Some people just rough it, and they just go as is, and, and more power to you. you. You can keep doing you. But for the most of us, the camping tent is, is our shelter. It's, it's our protection. It's, it's how we survive that season of our life. And what's interesting is what's meant to give us shelter during the harshest part of the day and the night can sometimes be what almost captures us to remain in that season. It, it can be the thing that protects us but also can be the thing that turns us into isolating ourselves within a season. And that's not the intent of a, of a tent. It's really just to give us shelter in the hardest parts. We're really picking up our, our story in the Bible with Abram. He's left everything behind. He's left his, his homeland because God promised him a son. God promised him a child, and he's like, all right, invisible God, who I don't know, <laughs> I will leave everything off of this one promise. And so he's left, he's traveling, and he's traveling, and he's traveling, and, and these servants are with him, and some family is with him, and a bunch of sheep and goats, and he's just going for it. And he has to set up a tent every night, and take it down, and move forward. And at one point, Abram's sitting in his tent, just stewing. Like, we're, we're God, where's this promise? I'm still in the middle of traveling, and I'm living in a tent. I haven't even gotten to the land yet. I don't have a son. Is this actually going to happen, or is this season going to be the rest of my life? And I think sometimes we can some, sometimes be in a season where we think, this is it. This is, this is how it's going to be, but it's not. We have to remember, it's a, it's a season. And so we pick up Abram's story in Genesis 15, one, it says, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Elijah of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. 
I like how God gave Abram a promise, and at one point he just decides, you know what, I think I get it, and I'm just going to go ahead and do what I think is best. And he's telling God, I know it's best, God. This is what's going to happen. And God miraculously shows up in this crazy vision. Like Abram can see God in this vision of what he's speaking. And he's like, let me tell you, God, how it's going to be. Like, I know it's, we're kind of making fun of him, but <laughs> I've totally been there. I've totally told God, all right, I think I get it, God. This is what we're going to do. And God's like, where, where are you getting this from? And God, God will speak to us through the Holy Spirit and our friends and, and our spouses oftentimes saying, you're crazy. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> it's kind of funny. In, in what God speaks to Abram in this vision, I should say speaks over Abram in this vision is what God speaks to all of us whenever we hear from God. And it's, it's, it's God's gifts in our season. That's point number one. God's gifts in our seasons. It's all the things that God wants to set us up for success to actually finish out a season. Because, <laughs> I mean, can you, be, can you imagine Abram's shoes? He's having full conversations with God Almighty, and he's still questioning his faith. Like, that's, that's intense. That's crazy. And so he's sitting here in his tent, sitting inside of his tent, wallowing, frustrated, just thinking, all right, someone else will just bear the torch. One of my guys, he's, he's treating me well. This is the end. And God shows up, and he does this. A, he addresses our fear. In every season we face, one of the greatest gifts that God gives us is, is he deals with our fear first. Have you ever counted how many times in the Bible when God shows up, the first thing he says is, do not fear, do not be afraid, have no fear. That's like the first thing he says. And as a child, I used to think, my God must be really scary. When he should, like, I'd always picture these giant angels showing up and just, ah, you know. But I, I, I've grown to realize Whenever a season starts, whenever something's happening, it's our fear is what's holding us back. I really think one of the contrary aspects of faith is fear. It's, it's our fear that will stop us from having faith, stop us from moving forward. Our, our fear will prevent us. And God addresses fear of failure, fear of past hurts, fear of being let down, Fear of God not following through and what he said he's going to do? Oh my goodness. I'm so guilty of that, thinking, oh, I'm going to go, I feel like a nudge to go pray for someone, and then I'm like, yeah, and then like halfway, I'm like, what if God doesn't show up? I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been in that. I, when I was younger, I used to think those things. What if I, God's telling me to pray for this person, and it's really, he's not going to do anything? Like, what if I don't see a miracle right away? And oftentimes, God's like, the immediate miracle isn't what I'm trying to work in you right now. It's trying to deal with your attitude of what others think about you. Like, it, it, God's working so much deeper. He's addressing our fears. God addresses our fears by having us face them. That's such a weird gift from God, but it's so needed. 
It's like, <laughs> I, I imagine that, like, bringing it physical. Like, God, God, one of his gifts is helping us address our fears. And I imagine God being, like, giving us a present, and inside it's like a spider. And he's like, it's my gift to you. Get over your fear of spiders. It's like, why is this a gift? <laughs> because when we get over our fears, there's freedom. When we get over our past hurts, when we get over our fear of failure, there is freedom to live how God has called us to live. Now, I, I got to ask, don't, give, don't ever give me a present with a spider in it. I don't want that. I don't need it. Ever. My son does that enough. <laughs> Yesterday he came, and I was, I, was, I was sitting down, all comfortable in a bedroom, and my son comes in and goes, hey, I have a gift for you. Here's a lizard in a cup. And I was like, why is there a lizard in a cup? He goes, because it's for you. And he just leaves. And I was like, and then I'm looking at the lizard, and the lizard's looking at me, and I'm like, what? And the lizard's like, I don't know. Just kidding. The lizard didn't do that. But he was staring at me like, I just want to be outside, man. <laughs> it wasn't a spider. I'm fine with. B, another gift from God is safety. Safety. So going back to the verse when, when the Lord spoke to Abram, it says, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you. He, he, said, he, he addresses our fears, but then he protects us. He gives us safety. I had a coworker. I've been sharing uh, the whole camp series with my coworker, and I, she's got to be sick of it by now, but I kept talking about it, and she's like, I got a story and I was like, let me, let me hear your story. And so she tells me this whole story, and I was like, okay, that's going to work. <laughs> it totally goes with this point. And the story goes, imagine being on the lake, because we're talking about camping, right? We're on the lake, all the mosquitoes are there, it's wonderful. And imagine you're sitting on the lake, and it's, you're in this rowboat, and there's a rudder in the back. And you're sitting there, and you're rowing, right? And you're going for it, and Jesus is in the back steering, and he has a rudder, and he's moving around, and and you're going from one side to the other side of the lake. And the concept is at one point, we start rowing, and it's like, I don't, I don't think I'm going the, exactly the right direction, Jesus. And then all of a sudden, we're like, can I, Jesus, let me, let, let me steer a little bit, okay? Because I, I think, you know, I think you're off a little bit. We got, we got to be going that way. And so then all of a sudden, you're, you're rowing, and you're going for it. And you, you start, and then Jesus is like, okay, I'll relax, sure take a little nap here and we sit and we're rowing and then we're reaching back and we're doing the rudder and we're, we're rowing and we're doing the rudder and then we're, we're doing this thing and, and the boat's just kind of doing this thing now right just going kind of half circles circles we're 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 a hot mess in the middle of the lake right the whole idea is when we're in the middle of seasons it's one thing we're, we're called to row the boat we're called to put our own energy our own work into moving forward but the the, the whole concept is we got to trust Jesus with the navigation. we got to trust Jesus with, the, with where we're going. It might not look right at the time. It might not look like we're headed in the right direction. It might look like, hey, Jesus, you're not taking the wheel right. I need, I need you to, to, we need to do this. And Jesus is like, mm, you don't see what's below the surface. I'm actually navigating perfectly for you right now. 
It's, it's this kind of concept. See, the, the greatest gift of safety that God can give us is the fact that he's steering the boat and we trust him with it. See, in the boat, there's only uh, three seats. There's a seat where you're rowing, the seat where you're steering, and the seat for doing nothing. Jesus is not going to ever be sitting in the seat doing nothing, and you should never be in the seat doing nothing. That's just the empty seat. It's tempting to jump in there because you're tired, and it's tempting to shove Jesus in there. But don't do it. Keep your hands to the grind. Keep focused and keep moving forward and allow God to navigate. That's where the safety comes in. See, the third aspect that God gives us in gifts in our seasons is inheritance. See, we, we have the, the long, outstanding inheritance of heaven. We're all promised it. We're all guaranteed it. We don't have any fear. We, we know where we're going. That's the inheritance. But there's actually micro-inheritance transactions. That's really hard to say. Try to say it later. I'm not going to try it again. But in every single season, there's an inheritance. See, we're, we're, as we complete these missions and these tasks in our lives, and as we navigate seasons in our lives, we get the inheritance that that season has to offer. It's like I go through the season of frustration, and I gain the inheritance of patience, a deep, profound patience. We go through these other trust seasons, and we gain the inheritance of a deeper trust with God. See, we gain all these little inheritances along the way, and they're the gifts from God. So when you're stuck in the tent, just like Abram, and you're crying out, going, this is so hard. Why me, Lord? <laughs> you got to remember, there's a gift at the end of the tunnel. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's the inheritance that God has for this season. That's, that's what's going on. God's navigating us. He ha- he's provided all the, the safety. He's dealing with our fear. And inheritance is coming. That's, that's, that's what we get. Number two, your responsibilities in your seasons. Or you put my responsibilities in my seasons. Genesis 15, 4 says, Then the Lord said to him, Nope, your servant will not be your heir. This is in Abram saying, Hey God, uh, this is the plan. And God says, Nah, you're wrong. For you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up at the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. I just, uh, it's one of my favorite illustrations in the Bible. It's just so tangible. It's just so practical. Abram's sitting in his tent. He's frustrated. He's angry. And God says, will you get out of your tent already and look up? What, that, that's one of the best things that God has ever done to anyone, to all of us. And point A is change your perspective. 
when you're sitting inside of your tent and all you see are the edges and all you see is this confined space and it looks like your whole season is closing in on you, God says, step out of it for a moment and take my perspective in. And all of a sudden, Abram looked up and saw the entire star system above. He was no lo- his vision no longer was stopped at the edge of his tent, probably three, four feet away from his face. He now had the entire universe before him. God needs to change our perspectives. It's, it's our responsibility to say, you know what? My perspective, however it is right now, needs to change. In this season, right here, right now, I need to take on the lenses of God and look at what he sees. That's one of the greatest things you can do in your season. No matter how frustrating it is, no matter how great it is, take on God's perspective for a moment. All of a sudden, your mind will start to change. B, it's about people. It's about people. I think it's interesting in in the story, because Abram, he, he wanted a son, right? But when he was frustrated that he didn't get a son, what was his response to God? It was about the stuff. It was no longer about a person. It was about things. He's like, I need to find someone to give all my things to. All of a sudden, it's kind of an insight into Abram because he, he, he was dealing with stuff and with things, and God's like, <laughs> get past the things. It's about people. Your, your responsibility in your season is to get, back, get past the small things in life. This thing, that thing, this person said this, this happened, oh, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough this, blah, 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 blah. God's saying, get past the things. When you change your perspective, it becomes about people. It becomes about your family. It becomes about your friends. It becomes about your coworkers, about your, your communities. Abram had a major heart check, and it's very subtle. It's very easy to miss. But you realize Abram wanted a son because he wanted someone to pass all his stuff onto. He's like, I've collected this, I have all this, I have all this inheritance, and I want to make sure I have a son to give this to. And his main concern was he didn't have someone to give stuff to. And all of a sudden, God, God's speaking to him, and he's, he's giving him a son. He's like, I will give you a son, but in God's mind, in God's heart, he's like, I need to make sure that you're a father and not just someone who's going to give a child toys. You're not the fun uncle you need to be the father. That's what's really happening here. Because God, God has a plan. Whoa, child just ran into the back <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> All of a sudden, God's saying, I got I to get my mind refocused. I got to get back on track. <laughs> Adrian was so excited running here. I think he thought it was snack time right now. <laughs> God needed to refocus his mind. He needed to refocus saying, listen, your child, I need you to be a father and not a fun uncle. 
Because if you are a father, you will raise up a child who will raise up children who will raise up children. Because the child that he was going to raise was going to become a nation where Jesus would come out of. And without that child raising up a nation, there would no, be no Jesus from that tribe. It, 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 it boggles your mind because God knew exactly what was happening. And he's like, I need, I need you to understand it's about people. It's not about the 10 cows you can give a child. We ain't talking about cows right now. And God needs to get it through his mind. Let's see, trust God with your actions or lack of actions, depending on the situation. See, Abraham had a choice to solve his problem himself by just giving the inheritance to this other person. He's like, he's a good guy, he's nice, great, blah, blah, blah. Or he could wait on God. He needed to trust God with his actions. He, he, his actions were critical. In seasons, don't discount your actions or lack of actions, depending on what God speaks to you about. Um, this is it's a story. I'm ashamed to admit it happened recently. <laughs> So last Sunday, Easter, it was great. It was wonderful. We had uh, some, our family come over to the house, and I was so excited to cook some food. I was like, I'm so excited. I got some recipes. I'm going to show off some cooking. Had the family here. It's going to be great. And we go there, and all of a sudden, like, the plumbing just breaks in the bathroom. Like, nothing is going down. The sink's not going down. So I, then I'm, like, looking up every DIY YouTube hack ever. And so I'm like, oh, well, then I got to do this. And so I'm at the point where I'm like plunging stuff. I'm putting Dawn dish soap down the, down the um, bathtub, filling it all the way to the top, trying to get pressure. Not, like, guys, it, it's, time is passing. It, four hours go on, and I'm like battling this bathroom. I'm drenched in sweat. I'm, my mood has gone from like, remember when I was talking last time about being hangry? I had not eaten yet, and it's, the day is going past. I'm, just, I'm getting hangry. I'm like, God, I know I preached on hangriness, and I know you're dealing with me in this lesson right now, but really, it's Easter Sunday. Come on! And so I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting angry. Like, I have locked the bathroom door, and I'm like, just no one talk to me. I just need to deal with this. And then I had one of those Holy Spirit moments where I didn't think it was a Holy Spirit moment, but it was. At the time, I just felt inside my heart, go to Home Depot and get what you need. And I was like... Well, this plunger has been plunged for four hours. It's broken. The, I need a snake. Maybe a snake will. I don't know. I'll just go to Home Depot and I'll figure it out. It's Easter Sunday. I hope they're open. I go to, I go to uh, Home Depot, and I'm, I'm like plumbing section. And at the Home Depot right here, you know, the aisles, like just, it's the mega aisle. Not just like one aisle, but it like bridges two sections. So I'm like looking at everyone. I'm like, I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this. I'm walking down the whole aisle. I'm like, brass piping. I don't want brass piping. Where, what do I need? I'm like going, I'm just like, God, like, God, I felt like maybe that was you. If I go here, I'll find what I need. I'm walking down. And it's like the whole aisle is empty and I go down and there's like, I finally find like, like you mess up in the bathroom and this is the section you need to stand in. And there's like a guy standing there. And I'll, you know, it's that moment where you're like, ah. Like, he knows that I need to unclog something, but I don't, I don't want to grab what I need to grab right now because he's standing here. But then now that I look back, he's probably in the same situation as me. <laughs> so then 
I'm standing there, and I'm like, I don't want to make eye contact, but I'm just kind of assessing, you know, all the different things. I'm like, hmm, yes, mm, yes, I know what I'm doing. Like, looking all around here, like, I, something in here I need to get. And eventually, out of curiosity, he's not moving. I'm not moving. So I just need to, like, look at him. Because <laughs> I'm like, what's with this guy? So I look over, and then I do a double take, and I'm like, that's my neighbor. And I was like, my neighbor's here. And I was like, hey, so-and-so, how's it going? And he's like, hey, Matt. And I was like, what are you doing here on Easter? And he's like, no, what are you doing here on Easter? Because it's Easter. And I, then I explained the whole situation. He's like, he's like, well, I think you need to get this and this, and then I'm not doing anything. Here, I'll just go back to your house, and, and we'll look at it together. And I realized at that moment when God said, go to Home Depot and get what you need, sometimes it's not what we can get ourselves. It's the people that God sends us along the way. It's the divine encounters. And so we're talking, and, and he comes back, and we're battling the bathroom together, and then he even crawls under the bathroom, and, and like we're doing things, and he looks at it, and he's like, he comes up with the whole game plan. He's like, you need to get this done professionally, and then we'll come back, and you and I will get on here, and we'll just do all this stuff together. And it was those moments where it, it's, it's about people. It's about hearing God, and it's about trusting God with your actions. There, God speaks to us in those whispers. God really does. Sometimes they sound silly, but I've, I've known to, to trust in those silliness things. Sometimes you'll just, all of a sudden you hear this thing, and it might just be in the back of your mind like, go do this. And you're like, I don't understand why. And the worst thing you could do is try to figure out and try to interpret exactly the process. The best thing you can do is just to go off of that gentle nudge. And then God will reveal himself in that moment. Don't, don't try to think, oh, this and then this and then. No, that's, that's taking the rudder. Your job is just to, to oar, to go along in the lake. When God said, go to Home Depot, you'll get what you need, I was like, all right, I'll figure it out. I didn't make a list. I didn't sit down and like spend hours. I would have missed my divine opportunity. I heard God and I acted on it. Trust God with your actions. Abram had a choice to solve his problem himself or listen for God, then act on what he spoke to him about. And point number three, God's commitments in all seasons. God has commitments in every season across every person of all time. He, he has commitments. It goes beyond just the gifts that he gives us, but he's committed to this. Genesis 15, 7 says, Then the Lord told him, I'm the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that what I will actually possess it? The Lord told him, Bring me, three, bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So Abram presented all these things to him and killed them. Then he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. Some vultures swooped down to eat the carcasses, but Abram chased them away. Kind of, it, it kind of sounds like a real bizarre story in the middle of a, a tent. Because this, is, this isn't happening somewhere else. This is like right in front of the tent. 
cutting animals in half. God's speaking to him. It's weird. Chasing vultures away. Smells funny. God's commitments in all seasons. A, he's committed to you always. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He is with you and for you. But he will remind you of where you came from so you don't forget. I like that because in verse 7, God's like, do I need to remind you how you got here? The Lord told him, I am the Lord. I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. See the place you're standing on right now? This land that you're here, you're here because of me. God is committed to you always. He will always remind us of our past, not as a guilt trip, but as a, I brought you out before and I can bring you out again. B, committed to speak. This is one of my favorite parts about God, is God will always speak to us. And so it's kind of interesting because I've heard so many times being a pastor, oh, God doesn't speak to me. I don't hear from God. Oh, what's your quiet time regime? How do you listen for God? What do you mean? Well, the time that you're quiet, that you open up your word, that you open up your Bible. I don't do that. Well, that's kind of the place to start. God will speak to you in those moments. If you're not hearing from God, have quiet time. Shut down all distractions. Find a prayer closet. Get away. It's these gentle nudges that God speaks through. He's committed to speak to us. And lastly, committed to covenant. Committed to covenant. I don't know if you knew, because it's not a practice tradition anymore, but covenant means when there is a sacrifice of something innocent, It's an eternal, bonding, forever kind of promise. So when these animals are being split open and placed on the ground, it's a forever promise. It's more more of a promise than marriage. It's, It's a covenant. Meaning that if someone broke the covenant, the law would be that you track down that person, you kill them, you kill their family, you kill all the relatives, you kill the friends, you kill the town, you kill all the descendants, everybody dies. And then you salt the land so nothing grows. It's permanent. It means if you break this promise, you will forever be void of this planet, this this existence. And God says, I am so committed to you, I am so in covenant with you, that I am doing these things so you know how committed I am to you. I will never break my covenant. It will never go beyond it. And so up to this point, God, would, God made a covenant with Abram that was started here and finished with Jesus dying on the cross. It's a full circle thing. It, Jesus was the sacrifice for the final covenant with humanity. And one of my favorite aspects of covenant, I wasn't really going to go here, but I'm just going to share it. In covenant, when you make a covenant with someone back in the, those days, the laws would say, 
that we are committed to each other in covenant forever and every descendant ever from you. So God was very strategic in saying, when I am in covenant with you, Abram, every descendant you will ever have is still in covenant with me. And so that, it, it blows your mind when you start thinking about, because Abram was pulled outside the tent and says, see those stars? These are your descendants. And then all of a sudden, let's get into covenant. Now that you understand and grasp, it's not just about you and your son. It's about all of humanity for all of time. And Abram's like, oh, I get it. We're still actually under this covenant. That's, that's what Jesus finished dying on the cross for. God's saying, I, I'm, I'm committed to you. Throw all of your seasons, throughout all of time. Let's pray. Lord, we are blessed by you. We are honored to be your children. I, I can't even fathom the lengths that you went through of all of humanity to set up a, a covenant with us, God. But I thank you for it. I'm beyond overwhelmed of how much you love us. Lord, we praise you and we worship you today and, and we're excited for what you're going to do in all of our lives. And Lord, as all of us might find ourselves sitting inside of tents, frustrated at times in different seasons, I pray that you would speak to us and pull us out of those tents and open our eyes and get a glimpse of your perspective. Because once we have perspective, God, our minds, our hearts, our emotions, and our actions will change. Thank you, God. In your mighty name, amen. Thank you so much again for listening. I hope you really enjoyed it. For any additional information you might be looking for, please visit our website, lighthouse805.com.